most platforms are comparing A against B and A against C and A against D and looking for common keywords. We're comparing everybody against everybody else. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What do you do when the vast majority of your keyword data is missing in analytics? Redesigning your website, what are the important web design considerations approaching 2015? And what's big data analytics and how can it improve your business? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Lawrence O'Toole. Lawrence, welcome to DMR. Hi, David. Thanks very much. It's good to be here. Well, good for you to join me. Thank you very much. Yeah, our Lawrence is CEO of Analytics SEO, a cloud-based SEO platform offering unique big marketing data and tools for marketing professionals everywhere. So, Lawrence, what's happening in the world of analytics for SEO at the moment? Well, um, there's plenty happening, certainly enough to keep us busy on a daily basis, uh, hmm. what with uh, Google algorithm updates and, and what have you. And I, I think... Uh, for us, if we look back over uh, the last uh, 12 months or so, um, one of the, the big things to hit, obviously, has been uh, not provided. Um, Google started this back in, I think it was 2011, but in October 2013, they defaulted to secure search. And um, we slowly watched the percentage of uh, our clients' data climb higher and higher that was not provided. And um, I think last time I looked at the data, it was 84%. um, Mm. And some recent data suggests it's more than 90% of keyword data is hidden. So that's been a big issue for the industry. Um, And I'm sure, you know, we're not the only uh, company that has uh, worked very hard to try and come up with an algorithm that uh, helps our clients get some of that keyword data back. So um, in a world where, you know, there's a big push to content marketing and pushing out authentic content marketing to try and attract a new audience um, or, you know, uh, attract uh, your existing audience to come back more often. Uh, you really need to understand, you know, the keywords and you need to understand whether you are attracting the, the right audience or not. So, um, so for us, that's been one of the biggest things um, over the last 12 months. Um, but obviously, it's not the only other trend. Obviously, uh, Google continues to put out algorithm updates after algorithm updates. And, whole, of course, the whole industry is obsessed with that. And then, of course, mobile has, um, you know, um, has grown you know, bigger on a daily basis for people. And um, I think more, more and more effort and focus is going into, you know, um, making sure sites are mobile enabled. And, um, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, recently Google's now sort of labeling mobile, mobile friendly um, websites and um Definitely giving them a boost in the rankings. So, um, so those are some of the some of the uh, things that uh, keep us awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you mentioned eighty four percent there of keyword phrases that, um, in general, um, aren't available to webmasters logging into their analytics. Um, do you think that figure is going up all the time? And can you foresee a time in the next year or so where it's actually a hundred percent just for every website? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, some of the, I think our own site is ninety five percent. So, um, so we, we we've um, we were doing analysis ever since they started in two thousand eleven of of all the sites that connected Google Analytics to our platform. We can anonymously uh, analyze that data, and we've just seen that climb. But obviously, there's a massive spike um, when they defaulted to Secure Search, and. Um, 
you know, I, I would say certainly once it gets north of 90 yeah. percent, um, you know, really the you know, there's there's still some interesting data in analytics. You know, there's little bits of uh, keyword data, but really you um, you have to rely on data at a landing page level um, and also potentially look at um, the historic data you've had. And um, that's where you can really actually um, sort of get smart and try and use some of the history data that you've got to uh, to better understand where you are today. Um, so, so that's really, um, you know, where we've got to, um, in our own platform. And I know other companies that do this as well. Um, but, um, we would take, um, what value we can still get out of Google analytics or uh, Adobe site catalyst, um, whatever analytics platform you're using, uh, and try and mash that up with data that's available from Google webmaster tools, uh, and keyword ranking data to try and, um, really, um, Put an algorithm together that calculates the best estimates for your keyword data at a URL level um, on a daily basis, um, and that, that's the kind of length you've got to go to to try and get the insights you need. Um, obviously, we um, we didn't realise how lucky we were having all this data for so many years yeah. uh, until it's taken away from you. So, um, so hopefully, um, you know, uh, clients can now still at least get um, a good model for for how they're seen online, um, their visibility. Uh, the audience they're attracting, um, and they can do that by taking you know, the keyword data from all these sources, what's left in Google Analytics, Webmaster Tools, and keyword ranking data. And the more keywords you research, the better understanding, the better handle you get on the marketplace. Okay, and you say um, the importance of looking at landing pages now. Um, does that mean that you have to assume that um, pages that you've built with um, a lot of generic content on it, internal pages on your site, you're assuming that organic traffic that lands on those pages are from generic keyword phrases and that brand traffic goes to the home page? Or can you be more intelligent than that? Uh, I think uh, you can be more intelligent than that, um, but it depends on, um, you know, again, it depends on what data is, is still resides in, in the various uh, you know, systems that I mentioned. So, mm. for example, a, a good source of keyword data is obviously Webmaster Tools, uh, it is limited in that um, they say that they'll limit you to, you know, uh, 2,000 keywords, I think it is, and, and um, I think it's uh, 60 or 90 days worth of data. Um, but actually, um, you know, there you will get a lot of, um, I wouldn't say long tail, but sort of medium, you know, um, sort of two, three, four, five word keyword phrases that will appear, which will use your brand terms. So you can get an understanding at URL level, um, which URLs are ranking for which keywords, and you can... Um, estimate a split uh, between brand and uh, generic keyword phrases. Um, again, you can do a huge amount of keyword research, uh, sort of keyword ranking research, um, with maybe some of your historical uh, data, uh, so that you had a really good understanding of what brand keywords you're ranking for. Um, and if you check, you know, whatever it might be right for your site, it might be a thousand keywords, it might be ten thousand keywords. You can get an understanding of your ranking position, and then there are. Um, you know, uh, we have our own algorithm which calculates and estimates traffic at, at a particular position in the in, in the SERPs, uh, and other people have their own algorithms. Um, so we've derived our algorithm from the Webmaster Tools data and aggregating that data across thousands of sites. Right. Um, so, so so that's how you can get at some of these insights. I think the the key thing is, however you choose to do it, try and do some some system that's automated and is applied in a consistent manner mm. so that so that you know even if the absolute number is not 
100% accurate. And, and anyone who tells you they can get you 100% of your keyword data back and it's 100% accurate, you know, clearly isn't telling the truth because they've got nothing to compare it to because mm. uh, the data doesn't exist anymore. But um, but certainly you can apply a consistent model and at least, you know, you can aggregate keywords, um, at, you know, in terms of groups or at landing page or at site sections and you can see whether your overall performance is improving or not. And talking about applying a uh, consistent model, um, what are your thoughts on attribution modeling and um, finding a model to actually um, show the true value of SEO? Well, I think um, there are there are lots of uh, models out there that people use, um, you know, for assisted conversions. And I think, again, it's um, you know whether you're a B two B site or a, you know, potentially an e commerce site, it's it's finding the model that works right for you. Um, certainly one of the things that we've been spending some time on, uh, but it isn't live in our platform today, is trying to understand in a world of not provided um, which keywords are contributing to conversions. Mm. Uh, obviously, we used to have that data. Um, and um, to, to really understand that, you need to understand which keywords are assisting as well as um, uh, making sort of final, you know, last last clicker uh, attributions to, uh, to, to, to sales. So, um, so I think that's something that's something we haven't launched in our platform yet, but is on the agenda for us and for, for next year. Um, there are models, obviously, that you can download from the Google Analytics uh, gallery um, mm. into Analytics and, and apply yourselves. Um, and uh, you know, I'd encourage everyone to um, to try and get a better handle, and not just for SEO, for example, for social. What impacts does social have? Uh, because obviously, social probably has a um, a bigger role to play earlier in the earlier in the buying cycle. Uh, in terms of awareness, um, whereas search, um, often people are searching when they're in buying mode. And um, uh, so, for us, um, yes, you need to you need to have an understanding of um, you know the whole marketing mix and the impact it you know each uh, channel plays um, in the sales process. And um, you know the, the multi-channel reports in Google Analytics are great for that. Okay, I'm glad to hear actually that you're thinking of. Um adding an attribution element um, to your services because um, um, to a certain degree um, it's not in, in Google's best interests um, to perhaps <laughs> show the true value of other sources of traffic when um, it has obviously such a high percentage of its income coming from pay-per-click advertising. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I think... Um, uh, you know, um, Google are going to do what that, whatever they want to do. Uh, um, they'll say it's whether it, they, they, you know, they say they're not going to give you the not provided data because it's a, for privacy or because they want. Uh, if you believe the, the what people are saying in the industry, it's because they want you to spend more money on AdWords. I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, uh, you know, who knows what, what their rationale is behind some of the decisions they make. But um, but certainly, um, you know, companies like us have, have got to try and find a way of giving clients. Um, insights and transparency into what's going on, and, and and that's really why we started a platform in the first place is to give people a um, a systematic process of improvement and give them data and insights over and above what Google Analytics is going to give you. That sounds great. Um, well, I'm looking forward to see what you're going to come out in the future. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so um, obviously, uh, analytics um, is very important. Um, in regarding to what you do, but um, um, something something else that obviously impacts um, what visitors do on a site is the website itself. Um, and um, designs for websites have had to change quite significantly over the last um, two or three years, thanks to the up 
uptake of um, tablets and mobile devices as well. Um, so what are the big changes that you are seeing at the moment with website design and um, what changes do you think will um, f- evolve further over the, over the coming year or so? Well, I think... Um... You know, for me, obviously, uh, mobiles and tablets, uh, um, the rise of uh, uh, smartphones, um, more people accessing the web from mobile devices than, than desktop. I mean, those kind of forecasts have been put out from companies like uh, For- Forrester for, for, for years. I remember going back to when we started in the business in 2008 and nine and seeing graphs forecasting mobile overtaking desktop usage. And, of course, those days are, are, pre- are here now. They've arrived. And um, so for... You know, for, for, for companies considering um, building their websites, um, you know, there's more to consider than ever. Um, and mobile is, a, you know, if you're not building a mobile friendly site um, in this day and age, then um, uh, I think you need to be um, extremely, uh, you know, you need to be sort of questioning or you will get questioned by your CEO as to why not mm. uh, eventually. Um, I think, um, you know, uh, in before we started analytics this year, we ran a website uh, redesign business called Website Redevelopment. And um, I think some of the best practices uh, are still true in terms of the overall process. Uh, you still need a you know consistent uh, process. Um, if you're redesigning your website, obviously you've invested a lot of time and money in, in the redesign. So what are the commercial objectives in redeveloping your website? Um, are you moving to a new domain? Is that because you want to leave one behind that's uh, been penalized by Google? Um, or is that because um, you know you, you've rebranded the company, or is it because it's tired and you know uh, the hippo in the room has decided that you need a new website to try and boost online sales? Um, <laughs> Who's the so, hippo? The, the marketing the, the, director? The, 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 yeah, yeah, possibly the highest, the highest, was it the highest paid person? The uh, you know person, the highest paid person's opinion. Yeah. So, um, um, so I mean, I think. Um, I, I, I think, you know, for, for any project like that, it always comes down to what the commercial objectives are. And then mm. from there, how do you create a systematic process? And um, for me, um, it's, um, uh, you know, it, it just go through a systematic, you know, process from, you know, planning, you know, looking at your analytics, um, you know, so what with my existing, you know, if before you start, make sure you've got um, some benchmarks in place. So, you know, what's my current website performance? What's the conversion analysis? How am I ranking in the search engines? Um, you know, what's my existing site architecture like? Have I got any problems? It's not technical problems. Um, maybe do some surveys of your your clients before you start um, to really understand what, what your customers and users like and dislike. Um, and there's some great software, you know, obviously, and you know, all the tools out there, SurveyMonkey, mm. 4Q, et cetera, that you can, you can, you can ask your clients um, to get their input into it before that. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, once you've got those benchmarks, establishing where you are vis-a-vis your competitors, um, what your commercial objectives are, um, if it's if your focus is on improving organic traffic, then I would be setting KPIs and and you know looking for measurable targets. Um, so increasing organic visits, um, maybe page page views might be important to your time on site, or it may just be straight you know lead conversions from that from the uh, the new landing pages you're creating. Mm. Um, but obviously, um, you know the the, the process is. Um, you know, the process in itself hasn't changed that much. It's obviously, um, it's just the elements within that process have changed. So site architecture, you know, so you still want to make sure you bring a nice SEO friendly site. And now you want to make sure that it renders on, um, you know, on mobile phones and tablets, if that's important to you. Um, 
for um, from a design perspective, you want to go through the wireframing process and um, maybe do some initial client testing in user groups um, or use things like um, you know, Feedback Army for um, or a Mechanical Turk to, to test uh, various aspects of your site. It really depends uh, how far you're going. Uh, one thing's for sure, um, you need to be investing in great content. And, and I think one of the problems that we saw when, when we were in the very early stages of building websites for clients was they'd allocate a budget, and that was it. That was their budget was for the website and build, and uh, they'd want to spend it all on the website and um, nothing on content or on marketing that website. And um, obviously that's changed a lot since, uh, you know, for sort of 10 years ago. Um, and now... Um, you know, I would be, um, if I was still in the same game, I'd be questioning clients a lot in terms of how they'd allocated their budget and um, uh, how much they were allocating to content moving forward, whether they're making a consistent commitment to, to publishing the right kind of content to, for the right kind of audience and had the measures in place to track how well they were doing. Okay, a lot to think about there. Um, yeah. Another phrase that's been banded about over the last couple of uh, years is big data. And um, you mentioned the importance of um, looking at your own analytics. Um, but one of the services that I believe you offer is also the integration of big marketing data um, into the decision-making process as well. So you can maybe com compare and contrast, I guess, um, your figures with um, the existing marketplace. Um, do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, uh, it actually touches on something that uh, we're doing that actually isn't uh, live in the market uh, yet, but um, hopefully will be uh, in quarter one of next year. So it's quarter one, 2015. Uh, so, you know, as an uh, analytics SEO platform, we're trying to, to give you insights over and above analytics. And we do that by uh, pulling data from your analytics package, but also pulling data from lots of other sources. So webmaster tools, um, we use link data from Majestic SEO. Uh, we pull data from your website in terms of a technical analysis. We'll crawl your website. Uh, we'll analyze the content. We'll pull in social media metrics from the major social networks. So we mash all that data up together. Um, of course, we do keyword rank data. And um, that's where, you know, we think, uh, especially in, in the world of not provided, we can really give clients great insights. And um, there's, there's some really good tools out there right now. Um, SEM Rush, we've used their API. Um, there are other tools that potentially that, uh, you know, might be traditionally seen as competitors of us, like Search Metrics, for example, who have keyword data, and they're collecting millions of keywords every week. Um, so uh, what they tend to do is um, allow you to look at visibility for a site and uh, based on the keywords it ranks for, and then look for common competitors so they'll look at your site a they'll look at uh you against b uh you against uh c you against d you against d and so on and you can see the common keywords and you can get an understanding of um your estimated search traffic or search visibility um vis-a-vis -vis the competition um what we tried to do is um, we've been collecting um millions of keywords of the top sort of commercially valuable keywords in the uk us and france since uh uh, quarter one last year oh, sorry quarter one this year 2014 and um, uh, what we used is some sort of new uh, web scale graph technology which allows us to uh, pull that data in look not just at one domain and all the keywords it ranks for but look at the whole competitive set and compare everybody against everybody else so in, 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 if in the example I've given you a, a, a second ago about Venn diagram you know if you look at it that uh, most platforms are comparing a against b and a against c and a against d and looking for common keywords we're comparing 
everybody against everybody else. So A, A against everybody, B against everybody, C against everybody, and mashing that data up. And you know, we're very confident that that can give you the kind of insights that you really can't actually get elsewhere right now. So that can give you a really good understanding of your proper share of organic search and paid ads and potentially social. Um, and it can also do things like look across your competitive set and identify all the keywords that are relevant for your marketplace uh, and then weight them by search opportunity uh, in terms of uh, the incremental traffic that each um, keyword could bring or combination of keywords could bring to one of your pages on your website. Um, and so you can then look at the opportunity at page level and look at the relative strength of your competition for each URL. And this allows you to effectively draw a matrix, which is a high, um, high opportunity at URL level, um, high relative strength for quick wins, um, medium or low relative strength, but high opportunity would be your long-term plays. Um, low uh, opportunity and um, low strength would be no ROI. Um, and high strength but low incremental opportunity to improve traffic would be um, sort of a maintenance situation where you're just trying to maintain the ROI of keywords that you're doing reasonably well, but there isn't much opportunity for growth. So, um that's probably best explained with a slide. <laughs> I, can, I can share one. But effectively, imagine a matrix with two axes, axes relative opportunity um, and relative strength. Uh, and that, that's the whole, the whole point really about the big data is it's all very well collecting millions of keywords uh, and giving you an idea of visibility for a site. But you need to put it into context of your competition. And if, for example, let's take someone like if I was, I was Sainsbury's, for example, um, I might rank for you know millions of keywords. And if I look at um, my common competitors, I might compare myself against Tesco's and probably Lidl and Audi these days. Um, but um, if you actually then looked at Tes uh, Sainsbury's forward slash banking, for example, or personal finance, they would have a different set of competitors who'd have different link profiles um, and there's different opportunities in, in within that niche. Um, and only by putting all this big data in context of your competition can you really get insights that give you uh, actionable competitive advantage. And, and that's what we're striving towards. And um, it's um, it's much easier to explain with a pen and paper or a piece of software to try. But, um, you know, if you're interested, um, you know, I would invite any of your readers who've got, you know, big marketing challenges who are serious players online, who want every possible edge over their competition to, uh, um, to come with their data and talk to us because we can put uh, millions and millions of keywords into, into our graph database and we can give them insights they can't get today. No, that sounds incredible. And also, you're, you're exceptionally passionate about this. And um, that's um, all bodes well for actually um, how your <laughs> offering is going to evolve, I'm sure, over the last well, um, over the next 12 months or so. We, ha we hope so, yeah. This technology that to do this um, you know, didn't exist two years ago. And even a year ago, um, we couldn't find uh, the technology that scaled to billions of nodes, but it but it exists now, and um, and that's what's getting us. Like you say, it's uh, getting us excited on a daily basis. No, that's brilliant. And, and um, you know, I'm looking at the page on your website at the moment called Big SEO Data. So what I'll do is I'll link through to that from the show notes. Um, so um, oh, so much. if the if the listeners are listening to this um, on some other device on 
iTunes or on their iPod. Um, just go to Digital Marketing Radio, um, search for Lawrence, um, and then in the search bar, this show will pop up. Then you'll find all the links from this show um, within the show notes. But I'll tell you what, let's uh, segue over to the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on uh, your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business um, that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I'd have to say Analytics SEO because we use it every day. <laughs> but um, if I had to choose someone else's um, software, um, well, I think and we use Salesforce a lot. Um, we're growing our business fast and right. we need a methodology for, for keeping track of our interactions with our customers. And um, Salesforce integrates with Zendesk, um, integrates with our own platform so we can send usage data and sales data and contact information all into and customer support information all into one platform and get one view of it. Um, and obviously, it's it's a bit of a beast. And I'm sure there's lots of Salesforce users out there. And certainly, we're you know we're running a growing business, but we're still you know um, relatively lean. And um, obviously, as a CEO, I take a keen interest in how we're growing. Um, and I found a, a platform uh, which I looked at a year ago and wasn't fit for purpose, but uh, we recently signed up and it's been fantastic. Um, is something called Insight Squared, uh, and it sits on top of Salesforce and it uh, allows you to pull out some really good, um, not just metrics, but really good actionable insights into um, what's happening with your sales um, organization and um, particularly in regard to marketing, how your marketing, um, you know, your marketing activities are contributing to actual sales. So from a business to business perspective, um, you know, it, it ties your marketing activity um, through the sales funnel to closing um really really well and that's given us some some really good insights and some really good action points to improve um how we um how we you know give the right kind of level of support and assistance to our, our customers and our prospective customers interesting well um slightly more challenging question what software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future okay so uh just this week actually someone was uh uh, regaling to me how they've been using a company called Full Contact, right? And, and FullContact.com, they have an API which allows you to add social data to your contacts. So uh, I'm a firm believer in um, trying to listen and engage with um, not just our prospective customers but our existing customers. And um, obviously, social media is a great way to do that. Um, and one of the best ways we can do that is just listening. Um, interacting with them, engaging with their content, perhaps sharing their content and trying to promote their success. Um, so uh, in a world where we're using tools like Salesforce, we have a lot of email data, being able to automatically um, add social data to this through use of their API looks like a really interesting proposition because from there we can actually then um, plug in feeds, for example, of um, our clients' Twitter or their blog, their blog RSS feeds, and we can start to get a better understanding of what they're doing on a daily basis, what they're sharing, what they're interested in, and that's going to help us in our own marketing. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Okay, uh, so the first uh, site I was involved in was back in 1996, wow. and I, jo I joined uh, Thompson Directories, and I was in the business ventures, the new media department. Thompson Directories uh, published those little blue uh, books uh, mm. in the Yellow Pages industry, and so we were number two in the market, and uh, 
getting online was a big opportunity for us. And we launched something called inbusiness.co.uk, which is an online directory. Um, and yeah, we just published it and thought people would come and we were wrong. Um, the branding was terrible. Uh, I do even, I even think we had a trademark dispute with a bank over it. Um, and we knew nothing about SEO and the user experience was, wasn't great. Mm -hmm. So, um, all things considered, um, surprised I kept my job really, but I did. And, uh, <laughs> ended up one day running the internet business there and, um, you know, uh, that was the time, though, when um, people were very nervous, especially in traditional publishers, about the the impact of the, the internet. It was a great opportunity, but also potentially could cannibalize existing revenue streams. And that's why we couldn't launch something with our own brand. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that was uh, something which uh, didn't get fixed for a good few years. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Yep. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Uh, video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Uh, Google Plus, if <laughs> On- I have to. <laughs> Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Uh, one-on-one relations, definitely. Paid search or SEO? Uh, that's a no-brainer, SEO every time. <laughs> Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Definitely global. Yay! The only struggle there was Facebook or Google Plus, and it sounded like you hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Facebook user, to be honest. Um, I get uh, uh, too many messages from long lost friends. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I mean, they both got a value to play um, in the marketing mix, uh, depending on uh, where you are. But we spend a little bit more time of our, our, our time focusing on um, Twitter, um, LinkedIn and Google Plus. So. Okay. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would I'd probably set up an exclusive workshop uh, where I would get a half-day web uh, seminar for CMOs, heads of digital major brands and e-commerce sites, the guys who, you know, who live and breathe SEO and a, a 1% improvement in traffic is hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue. Mm. And um, I'd get a great uh, marketing, some marketing speakers, and um, we'd you know, get some big data, some of the competitive insights that are coming out of our graph, and we'd spend the day just workshopping it and, and um, showing ideas and sharing ideas about how we could use this kind of data to give um, everybody a competitive edge. Right, and would you have any particular call to action or would you just by the quality of the material that you shared with them um, make it likely that they would approach you at some point in the future about doing business with you? Yeah, do you know what? I think I think the, the biggest measure for me would be um, how... You know the enthusiasm for sharing their keyword repositories uh, and integrating them into ours to to try and give them you know the insights they want. If there was an interest in that, um, then eventually, sure, that could lead to business. But I think it would be just good to to share those ideas together and see where it takes us. My number one takeaway. Well, Lawrence, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I think from a marketing perspective, 
no matter whether you're B2B or B2C, is you know, try and create a systematic process and constantly tweak it and refine it. Okay, systems. So don't, don't just rely on gut instincts. You absolutely have to do things according to plan. Well, well, just a systematic process. So create a continuous process. So if you're engaged in you know, content marketing, then then have a process that you adopt and that you follow and, 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 and try and follow that process systematically right. in a way that allows you to measure and refine, you know, how you're doing. Sure, go with your gut instinct, if, if, um, but, you know, do it within a structure. Um, I'll give you an example. Content marketing, lots of people will publish content and that, they do what I call publish and hope. And mm. they just you know, they don't do any outreach pre-producing the content, and then so they're not teeing it up for right. distribution thereafter. So, but if you have that in your process, then you, you've got to go through that stage in the process, and uh, that's going to make you more successful. Wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So, thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your advice. So, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, well, so, um, you know, analyticsseo.com is a good place to start. And obviously, if you want to get in contact um, individually with me, then please do um, uk.linkedin.com forward slash Lawrence O'Toole. That's Lawrence with a U, the Irish way. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'd be happy to have a, you know, conversations and see how we can help. Lovely. Well, thanks again, Lawrence. Thank you very much, David. Digital marketing radio, digital marketing radio, digital marketing radio.com. Yeah.